Why don't we pray before we delve into this passage? Heavenly Father, we thank you for making yourself known to us. We thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that you illuminate our hearts and our minds as we come to this beautiful prayer of Jesus. Father, please, by your spirit, work in all of our hearts and speak to us in a mighty way so that you may be glorified with our response to your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it was uh, late 2015, a time of amazing joy for my wife and myself. Uh, Maddie, our our youngest daughter, uh, had just been born. But just after a few days, um, we could tell something was wrong. So we took her to the hospital, and it was then that we, we found out that she, she was really sick. She had to be admitted to the uh, neonatal intensive care unit at Westmead <coughs> Hospital. Uh, we were told she needed surgery. So there we were in the intensive care unit. Our precious, tiny, 10-day-old daughter was being prepped for surgery. Sorry. Uh, we felt so helpless, so scared. And I I remember this so clearly, we were at her bedside, uh, it was a couple of hours before her surgery, and and Dina just looked at me, Dina, my wife, she just looked at me, and she said, we need people to pray right now. Straight away, I I frantically started messaging people to pray. Uh, We had family around the world praying, we had our friends and our church praying, I had college friends in Israel in a study tour, and they were praying. I had dear friends at this church pray. It was a long and slow process for us. As the days turned into weeks, we started to wonder whether, you know, whether we're going to get through it. I mean, is our little beautiful, precious girl going to be okay? Yeah, I blame that experience for all my grey hairs. <laughs> but friends, at that terrible time, it was so important to have people praying for us. It was so important that as we faced our fears that people prayed for us. It was so important as we faced our our doubts. It, It was our biggest comfort, our source of hope to know people were praying. In today's passage, Jesus prays. This is a unique passage. It's the longest recorded prayer of Jesus in the whole Bible. And as we'll see, Jesus' prayer is in three parts. In the first part, Jesus prays for himself. In the second part, he prays for his disciples. And in the third, Jesus prays for those who will believe in him. So three parts. Part one, Jesus prays for himself. Part two, for his disciples. And part three, for his future disciples. So let's get into part one. Jesus has just finished instructing and teaching his disciples. He's about to be betrayed, arrested, tried, and eventually crucified. And now, the very last thing he does is pray. And Jesus doesn't have a long list of things to pray for himself. He prays for one big thing. He knows his time has come. He knows he's about to die in the most humiliating and shameful way. And yet Jesus prays that he may be glorified. Have a look with me. John chapter 17, verse 1. 
John 17, verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. How could Jesus be glorified through dying on the cross? Well, it's because through the cross, Jesus has been given authority to give eternal life. It's through the cross that Jesus will pay the penalty for the sin of all those whom the Father has given him. So he can give them true and eternal life. A life of knowing, of being in relationship with Jesus and his Father. It's this beautiful and close and intimate relationship that's going to last forever. Have a look at verse 2 with me. Verse 2. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. See, Jesus has authority to give eternal life to his people. And now he prays that through the cross, he can return to his heavenly glory. The same glory he had in eternity past. Only now, there's one big difference. With Jesus' work finished, his people will be able to be there with him in glory. Have a look at verse 4 with me. Verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. That's the first part of this beautiful prayer of Jesus. Jesus prays that God would glorify him. And you know what? The Father answered that prayer. The Father answered Jesus' prayer. Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father in all of his heavenly glory, and with him are all the people who died trusting in him. God answered Jesus' prayer. That brings us to the second part, part two of this beautiful prayer of Jesus. Jesus prays now for his disciples. And again, it's not really a long list of things. In fact, again, you could sum it up in one word. Jesus prays that God would protect his disciples. He prays for protection. But Jesus starts off by describing what he's done for his disciples. Jesus revealed God to his disciples, and they believed. They accepted what Jesus said. Have a look at verse 6. Verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. You see, these disciples know who Jesus is, and they're his. And now he prays for them. Jesus has been protecting his disciples. It's like a shepherd protecting his sheep. 
while he was with them on earth. None of them were lost, except Judas, to fulfill scripture. Jesus has been right there with them every step of the way, but now Jesus is going back to the Father. And the disciples will stay on earth without him. And so Jesus asked the Father to take over, to protect his disciples. Jesus asked God to protect them from the evil one. So they can have joy to the full. Ultimately, joy with Jesus in heaven. Have a look at verse 9. Verse 9. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world But for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. See, my friends, the disciples need this prayer of Jesus. They need it because there are real dangers. The world is going to hate them because they are followers of Christ. And the devil, well, he's going to do his best to destroy them. And so again, Jesus asks God to protect them. He asks God to sanctify them. He asks God to set them apart for him and his service so they can serve him to the very end just like Jesus did himself. But but for the disciples, this means bearing witness to Jesus, the truth of Jesus, even to death. Have a look at verse 14 with me. Verse 14, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Well, that's the second part of Jesus' prayer. Jesus prays, to protect, prays to God to protect his disciples so they could spread his word, so they could bear witness to Jesus all the way to the end. And you know what? The Father answered that prayer. The Father answered Jesus' prayer. All the disciples stayed true to Jesus. They did bear witness to Christ. And you know what? For most of them, that meant being killed but none of them was lost their word did go out to the world do you want evidence 
You're it. I'm it. The word of the faithful apostles has reached even us here in Chatswood. I mean, isn't that amazing? Because the Father answered Jesus' prayer. Well, that brings us to the third and the final part of this beautiful prayer of Jesus. Part three. Just have a look at um, verse 20 there. Because I think this is amazing. Have a look at that verse, verse 20, and see if you can answer this in your mind. Who is Jesus praying for here? Can you see it there in verse 20? Jesus prays for those who will believe in him through the apostles' message. Who's that? Well, that's you and me, isn't it? I mean, just stop and think about that for a second. Jesus here prays for you. I mean, that's magnificent, isn't it? I mean, there there Jesus was 2,000 years ago on the other side of the world. One day before he dies on the cross and he was praying for you. He was praying for me. That's beautiful. Have a look at verse 20 with me. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. Jesus prays for us. And what's Jesus' prayer? That they, that we, may be one. He prays for unity. And this isn't just any unity as we understand it. This isn't a picture of me institutional unity. No. I mean, he prays for the same unity that he has with his father. Jesus said that this is the kind of deep and intimate unity that's going to get the world's attention. This is what's going to make the world see that Jesus came from God. That the father loves his children like he loves his own son. Have a look at verse 20. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus prays that we'll be united so that the world will see the difference he makes in us, his children. But you know, that's not the end. No, Jesus ultimately wants us to be united with him and with his father and with each other forever. He wants us to be where he is, in heaven, seeing his glory, one with him and one with each other, experiencing the fullness of joy forever. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Have a look at verse 24. Verse 24. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, 
the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make, to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. That's Jesus' prayer. Three parts. Jesus prays for himself that, that he be in glory with his Father and his people. Jesus prays for his disciples that they'll be protected to the very end. And the third part, Jesus prays for us that we'll be unified, that we'll be united, ultimately united in heaven with him and with each other. Well, as we've seen, God answered the first part of Jesus' prayer. Jesus is in glory right now. God answered the second part of Jesus' prayer. His disciples were protected to the very end, and their message has reached us. So let me ask you this. What do you think will happen with the third part of Jesus' prayer? Jesus prayed that we'll be united with him where he is in heaven, rejoicing in glory forever. What do you think God will do with that prayer? I think you'll answer it, don't you think? And you know what that means? It means that our place in heaven is secure. It means that if we are people who believe in Jesus, our place in heaven is secure. I mean, that's got to make a difference. That's, that's got to really encourage us. It's got to strengthen us. It should assure us, shouldn't it? But you know, we don't always feel this way. There are times when I feel far away from God. When I feel disconnected from Him. There are times when I... I feel like prayer is a struggle. There are times I'm, I'm just so busy that prayer is either rushed or not there at all. You know, about a month ago, like around the time that we started talking about this passage, I, I went and bought a book about prayer to help me with my own prayer life. Do you know where I'm up to in that book a month later? I'm not even a quarter of the way through it. So not only am I struggling to pray, I'm struggling to read the book to help me pray. I mean, it's just hopeless, isn't it? Sometimes it's such a struggle. Sometimes it's a struggle to read God's word, even when I'm at Bible college. And you know what? So often I'm disappointed at my own Christian walk. So often I feel so weak. Sometimes I feel so guilty. Men are falling to that same sin yet again. Sometimes I feel like, how can a, a wretched and, and a dirty sinner like me ever approach God? Have you ever felt that sense of weakness? Have you ever felt that sense of, of just overwhelming guilt? You know, some of us may have walked in here this morning with just guilt weighing heavy on our hearts. Maybe, maybe it's the way you treat your kids. I'm just constantly yelling and screaming at them. I mean, I'm a horrible father. I'm a failure of a mum. Maybe you feel guilty because of that, that, that secret sin 
that no one else knows about. Maybe you feel guilty because of those, those thoughts that you're ashamed of. Maybe you feel guilty because of that, that bitterness and that hatred that wells up whenever you think or see that person. Maybe you feel guilty because you've really hurt someone. The way you spoke to them, when you just blurted out that phrase in your anger. Maybe you feel guilty because you've just done something that you never thought you would do. Or maybe you feel guilty because you've just run out of steam. You've just run out of steam. It's a struggle sometimes. It's a struggle sometimes. It's an effort sometimes to keep following Christ. So how can we possibly make it? I mean, how could people like, like us ever end up with Jesus in glory? You know, when Maddie was in that intensive care unit, our overwhelming feeling in those couple of weeks was helplessness. Complete and utter helplessness. We just didn't know how, like, will we ever get out of this nightmare? We didn't know how we could get through it. But you know what? The fact that people were praying for us, well, that was just so comforting. It was so powerful. It was so important to us. It, It gave us hope. It's unbelievably comforting when you have people praying for you, isn't it? But you know what? Here in this passage is an even greater comfort. Here in this passage is an even greater assurance. Here in this passage is an even greater hope. Because here in this passage is something that can get us through anything that life throws at us. Here in this passage is something that can get us through all of our guilt and our failures. Because what we have here, friends, is nothing less than the glorious Lord Jesus himself praying for us. Jesus, he prays for us, and the Father will answer. Let me ask you, can we we make it to the end? Uh, Can we get there? Well, not in our own strength. Because that feeling of helplessness that we have sometimes, that's very real. Because, friends, you and I, we we are helpless. We won't make it on our own. But, you know, the good news is that God hasn't left us on our own strength. God hasn't left us on our own strength. The thing is, the thing that will bring us to that very end is that Jesus prayed for us. It's this prayer of Jesus. He prayed that we'll be with him where he is united to him and to each other. And you know what? He's guaranteed it. He's guaranteed it because the very next day he was hanging on a cross. He died on that cross for you and for me. He cleared away every barrier between us and God. He cleared away every barrier between us and being with him in glory. He paid the price for our hopelessness, for our weakness, for our failures, for our guilt, for our shame. He paid the price for that. And now there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. God will. He definitely will answer Jesus' prayer. And so our future is secure. 
That's wonderful news. So next time, friends, next time you feel that sense of just of guilt and shame and not knowing how we're going to get there. You feel that sense of being far away from God. You feel that sense of being disconnected from Him. Let me encourage you. Come to God. Come to Him. Gaze at that cross. Thank Him for how much He loves you. Thank Him that Jesus has prayed for us. That He's prayed for you. Thank Him that, that, that our salvation is not based on ourselves. It's not based on our failures. But it's based on Jesus' victory on that cross. Friends, we need, to, we need to rest in that truth, don't we? We need to bask in that truth. My friends, Jesus has prayed for us. And the Father, well, he'll surely answer that prayer. Amen? Why don't we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you because you love us like you love your only precious Son. We thank you because you are faithful in answering Jesus' prayer. We praise you because Jesus is in glory with all the believers who have died trusting in him. We thank you for protecting the disciples all the way to the end. That they stay true to Jesus, bear witness to his name. We thank you that, that their message has reached us. Father, we thank you most of all for Jesus and for the life of eternal joy that we have in him. We thank you that he prayed for us, that we might be with him and you and each other in glory and in fullness of joy forever. We thank you that he made that possible by dying and rising again, so that now we can live a life marked with this sense of assurance. Father, strengthen us. Encourage our hearts, we pray, especially in those times when we feel so helpless and so weak. Help us to continue trusting in Jesus' work on the cross. And we thank you that his prayer for us will surely be answered. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.